You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit the Father's House KY. From the south of Africa. And I grew up in southern Africa in a beautiful town called Cape Town, beautiful city called Cape Town. Um, I am married to the wonderful Dr. Katia Adams, who um, is the lead pastor of my church. Um, and it is so, some of you got offended on that point already. God bless you. Yes, there is a woman leading our church. Um, she is not only an amazing woman of God, but she is my wife and the mother to my two children. Uh, Ezekiel, who is six years old, and uh, 10 and 7, going on 15. And uh, my little girl, who has acquired an American accent now, is five years old, and uh, she has got a proper Bostonian accent and a whole lot of Boston sass. Um, but she's the cutest little thing ever. And uh, we moved just over two years ago now, two and a half years ago, um, to Boston. Uh, from South Africa. Um, I met my wife in England where I was living for a while. Uh, she is ethnically Armenian, but born in Iran. And uh, her parents, are, her grandparents are responsible for the modern day revival uh, in Iran. It began in her grandfather's house with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It is, um, it's amazing. I could tell you stories of angelic visitations, of miracle after miracle, uh, people encountering God in prison, um, just incredible stories, and um, the, the Iranian church really finds its roots back to uh, Katya's grandfather's home. Um, my mother and father-in-law's ministry alone has seen over 300,000 Muslims become Christian over the last 30 years. And so when people tell me, oh, that's a closed nation, I laugh at them because there's no closed nation where Jesus shows up. Um, and so I married this fiery revivalist, and uh, as we were praying, God began to speak to us about coming to this wonderful nation of America to plant in one of the most trickiest, most liberal, progressive cities in the world. Um, it is officially the least churched city in America. And we figure that light belongs in dark places. How many of you know that darkness has no power? Um, when you switch on a light, it drives darkness away. <laughs> the, the, the gospel of the kingdom is not real complicated. It's quite easy. We just need to be light. And we're seeing God do amazing things. We planted um, this September. Uh, next month will be two years we planted um, with six people in our lounge, we're gathering close on uh, most Sundays, just over 70, but we've probably got about 100 people in our community. Um, and people told us, if you go to the liberal East Coast, the frozen Northeast, your ministry will die. Great, great prophetic people they were, um, but they were all false prophets. Um, because how many of you know the gospel is highly intellectually satisfying? And it is also highly experientially satisfying. And there's never meant to be a divide between our brain and our encountering of God. We don't check our brains at the door, do we? Anyway, this is not in my notes, but I feel an unction to function right now, so I might as well go there. 
Um, I believe we are in the best days yet. I'm going to preach to these people for a moment. I believe we are in the best days yet. We are, we are living in moments where God is breaking out. And you know the thing that I found out about clever people, the intellectuals of society, they need family. And so we just being family to people, we've seen people get healed. We've seen people encounter God. We had one girl in our church. Um, her husband is a jazz musician, very prominent jazz musician. And uh, they had to go to a jazz club. And um, as she's standing at the door, the Lord drops into her heart a word for the bouncer that's at the door, the security guard. And this big old man, you know, ready to take on anyone. And God shows her some stuff about his childhood. As she walks up to him, says, hey, sir, I think I might have a message from Jesus for you. This is what I see. This big old man starts weeping and says an opportunity to lead him to Jesus. Uh, We've got people who literally are coming up with the cure to COVID in our church. We've got people from Harvard. We've got people from all over the place. And God is breaking in and changing their lives because the kingdom looks like family. When we establish family on the earth, everything changes. This really is not about the prophetic, but this is good, so I'm saying it. I want to tell you that there is no complicated strategy to reaching a geography, to reaching a region, other than the gospel of the kingdom, followed by signs, wonders, and miracles. Romans chapter 16, Acts chapter 19, um, 1 Corinthians chapter two and three, I think it is, all talk about the gospel coming in a demonstration of power. Anyway, turning your Bibles, please, looking up about me to Hebrews chapter one. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the prophetic. Um, how many of you know that the sweetest, most beautiful form of prophecy is scripture? It's so stunning in its articulation. It's so magnificent in its application. And it's so powerful in its revelation. And uh, we have got a whole generation who've been duped into thinking that reading is not for them. But when you get to grips with your life submitted to the authority of Scripture, everything changes. And so I often tell people the highest prophetic revelation you can get is not from an angel. It's by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit revealed to you in Scripture. And we've got to get back to the Bible, I can tell you that much. Um, Hebrews chapter 1, just before I get into it, do you know, my most inconvenient friend is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) He is so jolly inconvenient. He often interrupts the things I want to do. I figure he's more important than me anyway, so I might as well follow him. I love it in Acts. Uh, where Peter is in the middle of his preach, and Holy Spirit is like, you've been speaking too long, I'm just going to fall on these Gentiles and get them to encounter me, I love that. Um, I just, as I was speaking, I felt that there was somebody, I actually think you're in this section, I wonder if I could get some of the house lights, these are quite bright in my eyes, it would just be helpful if it could be dimmed a little bit. Um, Thank you so much. Um, God bless all the technicians and electricians and sound people. But I felt like there was somebody in this section, probably in the one, two, three, third or fourth row over there. Um, I felt like the Lord wanted to speak. I feel like you're in, uh, you've had some kind of condition 
I think it's got to do with like a carpal tunnel syndrome or something like that where there's a lot of repetitive pain, repetitive strain injury, and I think it might be in your wrist. Now, you could be somewhere else in the building, but I think you might be in this one, two, three, third or fourth row, certainly in the second half. And I just feel like Jesus wants to do something. In fact, you can you wave your hand at me? By the way, I don't mind getting it wrong because I'm God's favorite. <laughs> and so are you. Okay, just, just before we get there, is there someone in, in these two rows? You've had some kind of, I know there's someone over there. I'm going to pray for you now. I just want to make sure that there's no one in this second half over here. You've had some kind of condition where there's repetitive strain uh, injury. I think it's going to do with your wrist, but it could be somewhere else in your body where there's just a lot of pain. Is that you? Is there anyone in this section over here? No, not, not you, sir? Okay, there we go. I'm going to take that one. But we're going to pray for all of you because how many of you know you don't need a word of knowledge to get a gift of healing? Because God's a healer. When he shows up, people get healed. So if you've got any kind of risk condition, I felt there was someone on the side in the second half. Just quickly stand to your feet. Let's go for it. We're going to pray for people. Stand to your feet. Risk conditions, pain in your wrist. Just stand up very quickly. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so you've got pain in your wrists. Ah, I thought it was in that, in that section. Great. Ah, don't you like that Jesus knows your medical condition? So, Father, right now, we just speak uh, to uh, pain right now. We command it to go. Thank you that you are a healer. We just release healing right now in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Release your presence. We say, be healed in Jesus' name. Kingdom of God, be made manifest on these bodies right now. Command pain to go, and we command full mobility to come right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Yeah, you might as well go ahead and get happy. Why not? Have some more. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, ma'am, I, I felt like the Lord really wanted to encourage you. What's your name? Polly. You're just such a wonderful woman. You're like, um, Jesus just thinks you're the bee's knees. I, I just got that phrase, I'm not even quite sure why, but there's something so beautiful on you, and I feel like there's some things that you've been leaning into in prayer. Um, I, I feel like there might even be, it might even have something to do with an estranged loved one or someone where there's some serious communication problem that you've just had in this last season, like an estranged relationship. Is that right? Is it a son or a daughter? A daughter? I thought it was a child. And there's just you, you being in a place of deep travail over that. And it's even affected some of your sleep patterns in this last season. Um, and you've been saying, Jesus, will you please speak to me? And uh, he sent a crazy kid from South Africa to say to you that he's got it under control. And um, I feel like the Lord just wants you to know he's going to do something so sweet in restoring some stuff. I feel like where there's been some, um, where the enemy has brought in discord because of um, misunderstanding and because of injustice, God's going to bring some justice and mercy. And I just feel like the Lord's going to write your sleep patterns in this next season. Um, the energy levels that have been depleted in this last season, even some stuff to do in your body where some of the balance has got out of whack, 
um, like where you, I, I feel like, this, I don't know if it's like you've had some vertigo or, or like just, I see balance issues and it might even be blood, I don't know, but God's about to bring some equilibrium. Is this, does, does this make sense? Well, he loves you, man. And he knows everything about you and he's still very impressed with you. Exactly. And I just want to encourage you. The Lord really wanted to say to you, I, I, I know about that relationship and I'm going to bring some healing and some breakthrough. And I'm so glad you stood up in the third row. I thought there was someone there. So yay, God. God bless you. Um, just, just one more. Can I just go on a little bit more? I figure, you know, Jesus had a show and tell ministry. He demonstrated the kingdom, then he explained the kingdom. Uh, we got a lot of talking, but nothing to show. Anyway, I'll move on quickly. Um, God, God's going to do some stuff in the church in these days that will... Oh, I'm excited. I'm so glad that God's happy. He's not grumpy. He's not waiting to smite the world. The Bible says because of the resurrection, he's making the world to right. He's redeeming everything that can be redeemed. He's real good that way. I felt there was somebody here. You, um, I, I feel like in, oh, in June of 2020, June of 2020, you, I see you walking um, on what looks like an open field, and I see you coming into like this dramatic anxiety paralysis where you just were overwhelmed. I think it was right about June, July. I, I think it was June towards the tail end of the, the month of June. Um, I think you're a lady. Um, and you just were overwhelmed by anxiety. And I literally see you uh, sitting down weeping and weeping and wailing because of anxiety. And I think it had something to do with some kind of um, particularly a, a health scare or something that came in around health that brought in incredible anxiety. I want to pray for you that you... And I'm not talking about COVID anxiety. I'm talking about something else um, because everyone was having anxiety around COVID in 2020. Um, I'm not talking about that. Um, the reason why I wanted to help you quickly, the reason why I go for specifics and words of knowledge is because I want Jesus to be made more glorious. Yeah. I want us to see him for who he rightly is. I really don't want to impress you with that because words of knowledge, which are bits of information that God gives us, are not meant to entertain us. They're meant to invite us into an encounter with God. And um, I, I want to encourage you. In fact, you, can you quickly put up your hand? Um, you're a lady. Um, I think it was right about June 2020. I literally see just being overwhelmed by anxiety. And it looks like you're walking in this field and it's suddenly swept around you. And as I'm saying this, you can remember that moment. In fact, can you put up your hand, please? I just want to pray for you. I could be wrong because um, I don't get things 100% right because I'm not God. Go figure. <laughs> Thank God I'm not God. Who's that person? I really want to pray for you. Um, I just want to say, I'm a happy prophetic ministry. I'm not grumpy. Is that you? Thank you for being brave. What's your name? Sorry? Tracy. Tracy. Sorry? Gracie. Sorry. I need a miracle of healing for my ears. Um, <laughs> Gracie. You know, I feel like um, the enemy's just had such a go at your confidence in this last season. Um, and some of the creativity that you know is in you, 
um, has like come under like a cap. Um, I, I'm seeing incredible creativity. I'm even, for some reason, seeing musical notes around you. I don't know if you play a musical instrument. Uh, the flute, amazing. Um, and there's all these things. I, I even see some art, too. I see, like, um, incredible... You've got a sketchbook. I, I don't know this lady. She's got a sketchbook. She does art. I'm saying stuff that I could never know because God wants you to know that he knows you and he loves you. And it's like this being the season where the enemy has come after your identity and try to knock the stuffing out of you, as it were. And um, I feel like there have been successive disappointments, even, even to do with some situations concerning jobs and schooling and things that you really wanted to get into that looked like you were going to get in and then suddenly it was snatched from you. Is that right? He loves you. He thinks you're amazing. When he thought you up, he thought, oh my gosh, I've got such great plans. I hope she's going to run with me. And he's so glad that you've chosen to run with him. And I just want to encourage you, there's a turnaround coming to your circumstances. And I feel like since that moment of like, almost like anxiety that tried to overwhelm you, you've really had a fight, uh, even in terms of your own mental health, and even in terms of being able to stand. Um, I feel like God's going to do some stuff in your neuro pathways. There's going to be some fresh firing and connections because actually some of it has to do with the creative connectivity that's in your brain. Because God's going to use the creativity, the art, the music, and even movement to help bring healing to many people who are broken. Particularly, I see teenagers who come out of broken homes. Um, and I see being able to minister to them and love on them and bring them to wholeness and um, like the Lord really wants to encourage you, you're not, he will not abandon you. And even that season um, between the ages of nine and about 14 in your life, when it felt like everything was going wrong around you, he says, I was right there with you. I was loving on you. And what the enemy meant to destroy you with, even those moments, I feel like there were some moments when you had some suicidal ideation. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. And I just want you to know this is your moment of destiny. Gracie, look at me. It's all right. You need to know this is your moment. He's turning around for you because he just loves you so much. And he's going to do something so beautiful with you that you're going to be surprised. And you know what? The people who were supposed to look out for you, who didn't, the, some of the kind of authoritative figures in your life who try to squash out your creativity, I can stand back amazed at what God's doing with you. He loves you so much. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, did, does that make sense to you? Did that encourage you? Is that right? Praise God. Isn't God so kind? He's so kind. He knows everything about us. Hebrews chapter 1, if you're not there, give up. <laughs> I find that for most Christians, Hebrews is like the sticky bit in their Bible. They don't often go there because they don't often understand it. It's a great book. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. 
But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. I, every now and then I like throwing in a little bit of Anglican Episcopalian phrases just for fun. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of the word. Sounds good. You know, I grew up um, in some incredible uh, revival in church history. My parents um, were church planters and uh, seen God do some amazing things. I grew up seeing miracles my whole life um, and just saw God do some wonderful things. And so I have an appetite for the supernatural. How many of you know that majority of the world actually have a supernatural worldview? It's only in the West through linear and Greek thinking that we've reduced the supernatural to try and fit into our scientific boxes. Um, I find it fascinating even in the world right now, in every sector of society, even in science, there is a fascination with the supernatural because we can no longer discount it. Yet for many of our churches, we're still trying to catch up with the truth that God is a supernatural God, that he does supernatural stuff. And uh, I believe we're coming into a season not only where God is restoring miracles, but he's giving the church the ability to see and to hear in order to engage with culture and bring transformation rather than to succumb to culture and live under it. Good work, Julian. And so I believe God is inviting the church into a space where we actually demonstrate the power of the kingdom so that our advertisements actually work. For too long, we've advertised, come to Jesus and get your life changed, and all we've done is give some people some self-help tools. And one of the things I love about the prophetic is it gets straight to the heart of the matter because that's really more often what God wants to do. God is a relational, kind, caring God. He has always desired to be amongst his people. How many of you know that when God shut Adam and Eve out of the garden in the book of Genesis, he did not do so as a judgment. He did so as an act of mercy, lest they stay in their sin. And so he says, you've got to leave the garden so that I can work out a plan through my son to draw you back into relationship. And God's so kind that even in the garden of Eden, when he's walking with Adam and Eve, the Bible says in the cool of the day or in the wind of the afternoon, as some translations puts it, the ruach, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, is right there in beautiful Trinitarian beauty, communing with Adam and Eve, and then they get kicked out of the garden, and there's the separation, there's this distance that comes in because of sin. I love that God is so kind. He says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put myself in a little box called the Ark of the Covenant so I can be with my people. He's so relational, he's so kind, it's who he is, he loves to be with his people. And I believe God wants to invite us into a season of understanding what it looks like to unlock the prophetic in every space, in every place, and in every way. 
And we make prophecy in the prophetic for the superstars. And we wait for the man of power for the hour. The prophet is anointed and appointed to bring the words of God. When actually God has answered the prayer of Moses in Exodus, where he said, oh, that all of God's people would be prophets. And in Acts chapter 2, the great prayer of Moses is answered when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon all flesh so that your sons and daughters, if you're a son and you're a daughter, you may And then we, you know, a few thousand years later after the church is born, we try to complicate this whole thing and we try to separate the gifts of the Spirit as if it's a badge of importance, as if it's a, something that you earn and we've misunderstood that the word for the manifestation of the Spirit is the word charis, it's grace. I didn't get the gift of prophecy because I worked for it. I didn't get the gift of prophecy because I was real special. I got the gift of prophecy because God's just kind and gracious. And he's desiring to speak to every one of his children. I remember um, when I was living in the United Kingdom, I was living in Manchester for a while. And um, I was, um, I'd done a whole lot of ministry. Um, I've been in ministry now for 25 years. Um, I know I look very young, don't I? Black don't crack. Anyway, um, <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. I just said, oh, well, I got the mic. <clears throat> I often tell people, offense is never given. It's always taken. So if you're offended, build a bridge and get over it. Um, and so I've I done a whole lot of ministry. And it, guys, can I be honest with you? Because I'm in church, so I have to be. Um, when I have a day off, I don't want to talk to people about Jesus. I want a day off. You know, I just like want to chill out. Often when I get on an airplane, I always hear my other minister friends talk about how they get words of knowledge. And that has happened for me. And they prophesy over the person next to them. I get on the plane and I'm like, I'm going to go sleep. Leave me alone. <laughs> and it was one of those kind of days where I just wasn't feeling for anything. I was just like, I'm going to go and do something really fun, which for me is retail therapy. I, I have a special anointing for retail therapy. I can outshop any woman. I bet you I can. And uh, Manchester in the UK, if ever you want to go to a shopping space, you want to go there. It's amazing. So I, I had a very successful retail therapy day. I was very relaxed. A few bags of wonderful new purchases, all to the glory of the Lord, of course. And I got into one of those um, taxi cabs. I thought, I'm going to treat myself rather than take public transport. I'm going to hail a taxi, you know, one of those black taxi cabs that you see in London. And I got in, sat down, closed the door. I was well impressed with all of my shopping gear. And I'm on my way. It's about a 20-minute drive to where I needed to be. And um, I knew when I got in by the way that my taxi driver, who was Pakistani, uh, was quite talkative that this was going to be a busy talking ride. You know, one of those drives where the taxi driver just talks at you all the time. I knew it was going to be one of those. And um, he started off by saying to me, oh, you know, um, what do you do for a living? And I knew, oh, man, this guy's going to get me now. I have to tell him the truth. So I said, well, actually, I'm a minister. I work for the church. I tell people about Jesus. 
And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited you're in my taxi cab. Let me tell you about the prophet Muhammad. Let me tell you about Islam. And I was like, Lord, I asked for a day off. This is not fair. And um, he was going on. I mean, it was definitely a one-way conversation, and I wasn't getting anything in to that conversation. And in the middle of that, I got this little thought that dropped into my head. Just very simple thought. Nothing crazy. I wasn't getting the voice of Sean Connery going, Julian, this is Dolores speaking. There was no kind of booming anointing. I had no, you know, Maverick City playing in the background to make me feel anointed. I had nothing. I was about as anointed as a brick at that moment. And the thought drops into my head that his right shoulder has been in pain for over five years, and I want to heal it. So I'm like, okay, Lord, here we go. Um, I just want to say for every victory that I've had in bringing work and knowledge over people in public, I probably had double the amount of failures, just so you all know I'm not that spiritual. And so um, I said to him, I said, hey, dude, have you got a problem in your right shoulder that you've had for five years? Now, I, I should have thought this through because he was driving for me. <laughs> so he, he's driving, he goes, how did you know that? And he's looking at me. I'm thinking, Jesus, get me home safe. This is going to be a problem. And um, so I said, well, unlike your prophet, my prophet is still alive. And he just dropped that into my heart. He's like, how, how did you know that? So I said, Look, just tell you what. Let me just pray for you. I'm going to put my hand on the flexi glass over here. And I'm going to trust Jesus to heal you because he wants to show you that he's real. And so I pray for him, and the first, I, stupidly, I said, well, just check it out and move it. Again, I'm not thinking he's driving the car, which is probably not a good idea. So he starts moving it, and he goes, just do that thing again. It's getting a bit better. So second time, which is very biblical. Jesus once prayed for a man twice, and they got healed. Second time, instantly, instantaneously completely healed. He says to me, can you do that magic again? So I said, no, 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 this is not magic. This is Jesus who is alive and not dead. And I began to talk to him about Jesus. It was incredible. This guy opened up to me. And I, I want to tell you he got saved. He didn't get saved. But he certainly went home knowing that God is real in the person of Jesus. And that unlike Prophet Muhammad, Jesus is still speaking. Plus, this is the real miracle. I got half off my taxi fare. I'm like, Jesus, thank you. I, um, I often get invited to consult for businesses, and um, I get to minister into political spheres, into business spheres, prophesying over influential people. Now, you all need to understand something. Uh, see, I'm, I'm southern, I'm saying you all. Um, you need to understand something, that I grew up in apartheid South Africa, uh, where black and white were separated, mixed race were separated from white people. I didn't get a great education. I don't have a university degree. Um, I got nothing behind my name. I just about finished school. There's nothing in me that sets me up for success. Um, I have a lisp, as you can hear, because I was born with what's called a cleft palate, which is impacting my speech and my ability to hear. Don't you love the justice of God? The two things that the devil tried to disable in my life, God is now using to inflict justice against the works of darkness. 
If you think you need to have it together, I am the living proof that you don't have to have anything together for God to use you. Because the weakest part of me has now become a conduit for his strength to flow through. And so I got nothing, but I get invited to these executive high-flying spaces. I mean, I, I'm in Singapore in this amazing executive office. The uh, owner of the company, a big multinational company, says to me, I'm going to bring in all of my senior management and I want you to prophesy over them. This is not in church, this is in an office. I got nothing. I didn't even know how to read a financial spreadsheet. And he's wanting me to prophesy over his financial directors. And so I, I remember sitting thinking, Jesus, how am I going to do this? How am I going to prophesy over these people? I got nothing to give these people. And I felt the Lord say to me, son, you got me. And so I'm like, okay, God, you need to give me the details, like specific details, like give me the dates. Give me what's going on in their lives. And he said, son, you're missing the point of the prophetic. I want to reveal my heart to these people. This is not about accuracy. It's about love. And so I, 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 I humbled myself. And um, I remember this one guy. I mean, I, I spent about four hours just prophesying over people who were not Christians. Some of them were. And some of them became Christians. But this one particular guy, which is the first one I actually got to prophesy over, financial director of a big multinational company, very brash, kind of sat down with the kind of impress me if you can attitude. And uh, I literally was thinking, God, give me the blueprint of heaven. What's the strategy? What do you want to do? And he said, talk to him about his daughter who's got some learning disabilities. So I went, hey, I just see a little girl going through some learning disabilities. Tears beginning to form in this big, high executive, hard man, and he begins to weep. And at the end of that, he says, how do you know this? And I said, well, it's Jesus. And I got to lead him to Jesus in that moment. I want to tell you one more story. There is, I'm telling you the stories in case because I want you to see that the prophetic, more often than not, is much more simple and more beautiful than many of the best teachers and preachers on the prophetic make it out to be. There's no secret code. You don't have to pay for five secret keys to the prophetic. I've got no secret knowledge. There's nothing. The Bible calls that Gnosticism. I've got no higher level of power or connection or, or information to God. No, 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 no. This is available for every single child of God. And I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture in a moment. But I remember being in the UK. And in England, I was ministering in a particular church. Now, one of the things you need to understand about England much like Boston, where I'm at, it is post-Christian. There are people, two or three generations, have never been to church. Like, never been to church. Never put their foot on a church building unless it's for a wedding or a funeral. They don't even go to church. They're not country members for Christmas and Easter. They just don't go. And uh, there are three young guys who came in um, out of one of the kind of... Um, they were living rough on the streets, basically really difficult. Um, upbringing, drugs, you name it. And uh, these guys came into the meeting. It was one of those wild meetings. I mean, it was so cool. We saw someone who had damaged their foot in a car accident, crushed their ankle, get completely healed. Uh, we saw, I think that one, we saw one deaf ear pop open in the meeting. I mean, it was glory. These three guys had never been in church. Their eyes were so big. Like, it was, it was unbelievable. And uh, they were standing there, and they were, like, very hard. And I remember going up to them, 
I'm, I'm like, the harder they are, the easier they fall. And so I'm like, okay, God, we got to get these people. How are we going to do this? And uh, I went up, to, went up to them and said, hey, can I pray for you? One of the guys said to me, what, what's that? What are you going to do? What does it mean to pray? She said, what I'm going to do is just ask God to make himself real to you. Can I do that? It's like, yeah, yeah, go on then. Let's see what you got. And um, so I'm going to pray for him. And I, I get some words of knowledge. I get some bits of information that I couldn't get about his childhood, about where he's at at the moment and what he's struggling with. He literally drops an F-bomb as I'm praying for him. I'm like, boy, you are in church. You're not allowed to do that. But that's the thing about non-Christians. They sin. <laughs> How many of you know that the thing about the kingdom is you don't need to behave in order to belong. You belong before you behave. I'm just going to leave that one there. You belong before you behave in the kingdom. God is not into behavior modification. He's into heart transformation. And that way you live in holiness from the heart, not from legalism. And so anyway, he drops his F-bomb. And then he says to me, dude, are you a psychic? At which point I'm like, no, no, I'm not a psychic. I'm just listening to Jesus. And I'm explaining to him the difference between psychics and, and, and the voice of God. Um, and I walked away from that meeting thinking to myself, the only reference point for power that this young man has is demonic. Something's got to change. So I want to unpack, just in the next 15, 20 minutes, some principles on how to flow in the prophetic to help you understand. And then we're going to spend some time prophesying and seeing what Jesus might do. Is that cool? You guys happy with that? I started reading this beautiful scripture out of Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, God spoke to us through prophets. And I, I love one commentator says this about this particular verse. He says it was like God was giving puzzle pieces to the prophets under the old covenant to help us see a future reality that is now found in the person of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? And the beautiful thing is that Jesus is the full picture. It's Jesus plus nothing. You don't need another revelation. You're going to need a be There's nothing better than Jesus. We've got some prophetic ministries that have gone extra biblical, that have walked out of the confines of biblical authority, seeking greater revelation here, seeking greater revelation there, defining their experience without bringing their experience under the authority of Scripture. But this verse says that the full revelation of God is found in Jesus. He is the exact imprint of God, the Bible says. And it says here that God spoke a little bit here, a little bit there through these prophets. They could not see perfectly. How many of you know that even this side of the cross, we don't see perfectly unless we see Jesus? Because he is the perfect one. And the Bible says that all of God's promises find their yes and amen. They find their completion in the person of Jesus. There is no personal prophecy. There is no personal destiny. There is no giftedness that is in you that can be found outside or apart from the person of Jesus. It's beautiful. And it says that God now speaks to us by his Son, Who's Jesus? Now, I love this because this verse actually is better translated to mean that God's language is sonship. 
You know, I speak two languages. I speak English and Afrikaans, which is a language found in South Africa. God's language is not Hebrew. Some of you are like, really? No. It's not Aramaic. The language that God chooses to speak is sonship. It's found in the person of Jesus as the Son of God. And the beautiful thing is that we now have been grafted into Jesus so that the language he chooses to speak is through our understanding of who we are as the sons and daughters of God. To be biblically correct, I'm going to use the word sons of God for all of us, but men, you are also called the bride of Christ, so you'll have to get used to it. We are now the sons of God. And what's beautiful is that Jesus, the way God communicates to his people is through sonship. In other words, the primary revelation of God is as Father found in the person of Jesus. It's why in John chapter 14, when Doubting Thomas says, how do we see the Father? He says, have I been with you this long? I am the way to the... That the greatest revelation that Jesus brought to planet Earth was not simply that he overcame sin and death. It was in that beautiful moment in John, I think it's 21, when Mary is standing before him and he says, go tell my brothers that I must ascend to my father and your father. That the basis of how we hear God's voice is not our performance. Guys, I'm going to throw this one out there. It's not our holiness. It's not our good works. It's not our clean living, and you better hope you should be doing that. It's based solely on the fact that he's a good father, and that Jesus is the perfect son, and he's invited you to live in him. J.I. Packer, who's a great theologian, makes this great statement. He says, God adopts us out of his own free will, and it's not based on our law-keeping or our performance. In other words, it's not based on how holy it is. And not only has he adopted us, but he has exalted us into the very same space and place that Jesus is now, entirely based on his grace. The Bible says that you are seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Do you know that you get to overhear Trinitarian conversations? Do you know that you occupy the same space in the Trinity that Jesus does because you're in him? Don't argue with me. Argue with Scripture. It's in Ephesians. Guys, it's outrageous. It's scandalous that God would choose sinners and lift us up and impute, give us the gift of righteousness so that we can sit in the intimacy and the bond of love that we find in the Trinity. And it's got nothing to do with how good you are. The primary revelation of all prophetic ministry is not your destiny. It's not the will of God concerning your next decision. The primary revelation of all prophetic ministry must be the revelation of Jesus. It's why the Bible says in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10 that we are to worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, the revelation of Jesus that we see in Scripture is the basis, the guide, the platform, and the way in which we are to prophesy and live. Jesus has become our model as the Son of Man who is also God for us to live. In other words, if Jesus lived it, we have an opportunity to live it too. I mean, Shika Bazooka, right? 
That's outrageous. John chapter 17, Jesus prays the high priestly prayer. And he says, Father, make them one like we are one. Invite them into our life is literally what that verse is saying. How many of you know you're not called to be an imitator of Jesus? You're called to be a participator in his life. That's what John chapter 17 tells us. That because of who he is and by way of our being seated in him, we now get to participate in the life of Jesus, which then means, dear brothers and sisters, that we get to live in the same way that Jesus did, demonstrating the things that he demonstrated. Do you know there's no theological arguments of miracles and the ongoing work of the Spirit in Africa? Do you know how come? Because they've seen demons. They know it's real. And they know they need a savior. And we know when you come from Africa, we either need miracles or we don't. And either Jesus does them or he doesn't. And we're arguing about all these little things about whether it's right or not. I want to tell you that when you see Jesus rightly, and you realize that we've been called to participate in his life, we get to demonstrate his life wherever we go. Which then means we get to prophesy. We get to demonstrate his voice because all that Jesus did was to reveal the Father and bring people into an encounter with who God is as Father. It's the unique thing that sets us apart from the old into the new covenant is that we now, by way of Jesus' life, are grafted in. Now, you might be saying, Gillian, what's that got to do with prophecy? Absolutely everything. Because his children recognize his voice. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14 that those who are the sons of God are led by his. In other words, the sign of our sonship is that God is speaking to us. And how many of you know God's not gone mute? I want to tell you that God... I'll do this. I'll, I'll, I'll go here just very quickly. When we begin to understand that God wants to speak to us, it means that our lives no longer live simply governed by the laws of this world or by culture, but we live by the word of God that comes from him. The prophetic is not some mystical, weird dynamic. The prophetic is supposed to reveal the heart of the Father to people. How many of you know God knows everything? We shouldn't be that impressed with words of knowledge because we should know that he already knows everything about us. But here's the thing. In that moment, as I'm prophesying over someone, they know not only does God know me, but he cares about what I'm going through. You know, Jesus is on a boat and um, there's this massive storm. And his disciples come to him and say, Master, do you not care that we are in a storm? We're all going to die, my paraphrase. And Jesus says to them in response to their question, Oh, you of little faith. Now, we read that and we think, Oh, those disciples, they should have known better. But actually, Jesus was responding to a particular question of their heart. Do you care? I'm going to suggest to you that the world is not trying to figure out whether God is real or not. He's wanting to know, they're wanting to know, does he care about where I'm at, about what I'm going through? And the beautiful thing is when I read Hebrews chapter 1, talking about the revelation of God found in Jesus, it tells me that wherever Jesus went, he went about doing 
good and healing all who are sick and oppressed of the devil. That if we want to know what God is like, we look at Jesus. He's good. He wants to heal all who are sick and oppressed of the devil. That when Jesus is talking to a woman caught in adultery and says, go and sin no more, we think that's Jesus telling them off. But if you understand that every word that Jesus speaks, according to theologian George um, Elgin Ladd, he says this, that the words of Jesus that, that Jesus spoke in and of himself carried power to accomplish that which it demanded. In other words, when Jesus, if you notice that Jesus never prays for the sick, he simply says, be healed. Because his words literally carried power for that person to be healed. You notice that when, when Peter is on a boat and there's a storm and Jesus is intending to walk past by him and Peter recognizes that's Jesus, he says, just say the word. Because Peter had hung out with him enough to know that if Jesus just simply says the word, there would be power for him to do the very thing that he demanded. And it was only when he was overcome by the sound of the waves that he began to sing. And so when he sees this woman to go and sin no more, we think it's judgment. When actually what he's saying is, my words now carry power for you to go and sin no more. Because he's good. The full revelation of the prophetic is not in the information that we carry, it is in the person of Jesus. And I want to say this, that the way we access the prophetic is by way of our sonship. We, I tell you, the more you understand the Father, the more you get engaged with the Father, the more you understand His kindness toward you. You see, the spirit of prophecy is connected intrinsically to the person of Jesus, how He lived, the things He did. When Jesus works with the woman, how does He work with the woman? That reveals the Father's heart. When He works with the, with the outsider, the immigrant, the broken, that's how God works with them. When He works with the leper, the sick, the outcast, the marginalized, that's how God deals with them. Because he's a full revelation. And if we want to prophesy, if we want to live in the full weight of the prophecy, we have to understand who Jesus is like in his sonship for us to operate in the same way. So here's the thing. Jesus in John chapter 3 makes an outrageous statement to Nicodemus. He says, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended who is in heaven, talking about the Son of Man. He's talking about himself. And he, he seems to be a little bit weird. He seems to be in two places at once. John chapter 3, verse 13. He's like, I ascended into heaven, but I'm now descended amongst you on earth, but I'm also in heaven. Sounds a bit like that verse in Ephesians, that we are now seated in heavenly places, but here we are physically. And the problem for most people is that we have separated the realm of heaven as if it's disconnected from the realm of earth. But in Jewish understanding, when you study what heaven is like, Jewish people understood that heaven was not a disconnected reality that you go to when you die. Heaven was a coexisting reality where God dwelt, where his throne was established, where he acted decrees, where he oversaw the affairs of men and women. And so for a Jewish thinker, heaven was not some parallel out there, one day we'll be disembodied and go there. It's why the resurrection is so important. How many of you know that Jesus has a physical body in heaven right now? He's got a glorified physical body because your body matters. There is matter in heaven because matters matter. 
Because this earth matters. Because God wants to redeem everything and make it new. And their understanding of heaven was that it was a coexisting reality that if we learn to become more aware of that reality, it will change this reality. And so Jesus says, I went to heaven, I'm here on earth, but I am in heaven, giving us an insight to how he operates, why he said, I do nothing unless I see my Father do it. In other words, for Jesus, the realm of heaven was so real, so unhindered, so accessible, that wherever he went, he saw what Father was doing and he simply emulated it here on earth. It's beautiful. Here's the thing. When I was a kid, I would talk about to my friends. I'm like, I'm, growing, I'm going up to grade two. It's going to be amazing. I'm going from grade one, I'm going up to grade two. And by that I meant the classroom next door is grade two. All I was doing is going from grade one class, walking on the same level, to grade two. But I use the phrase, I'm going up to grade two. We often talk about that with heaven. Oh, I'm going up to heaven. We see John in Revelation come up here. When the, the, the simplicity is, it's just a reality where God dwells, that we become aware of. Listen, this is a great building. I'm so glad that God got a building for you. Pray for us. We need a new building. We're looking this week for a new building because contrary to popular belief, the church is growing in Boston. And um, one thing I'm more and more convinced is that God loves buildings, but he doesn't dwell in buildings made by hands, the Bible says. But how many of you know when you came in here, and our dear brother, what's your name who led worship? Nathan, that was so cool. Coming here, and he's just so cool. The glory. And then around about the third song, we hit that moment where we just start saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. And how many of you suddenly thought, I think God might be in the room. Why? Your senses just became aware of the realm of heaven. Listen, let me ask you this question. I need to, I need to press on and actually give you some keys. Um, how many of you can walk into a particular building, a particular room, a particular shop, and feel a demonic presence? Put up your hand. Look around. Look, keep your hands up. Look around. Okay. That's a lot of hands. Um, how do you feel that? What do you feel? Sick in your stomach, chills, heads, pain, sometimes you can smell some stuff. All very subjective, isn't it? All very subjective. How many of you can see angels? Put up your hand. I just want to show you there's one lady in comparison to the numbers of hands that have gone up. And i tell you why. Because we've taught the church how to recognize the demonic ahead of the angelic. But there are two-thirds more angels than there are demons. Why are we so scared of the demons and taught ourselves how to recognize demons when we're not recognizing the angelic? Because the reality you're most aware of, you will most often reflect. We've taught the church how to recognize the demonic ahead of the presence and the power of God. We've got to shift that. And that's what the prophetic does. So here's some keys on how to step out in the prophetic, and I'm going to demonstrate this. It's, it's all about sonship. It's learning to become aware of his presence and the reality of his presence, making sure that you're submitted to Scripture. But here's some more practical things. I've not gone through any of my notes because I've just been interrupted by the Holy Spirit, but I like him, so I don't mind. Guys, I tell you what, if you can't have fun in church... 
The church for too long has looked like it's been baptized in lemon juice rather than the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I mean, the Bible says of Jesus that the joy, that he was anointed with the oil of joy above his companions. You know, Jesus was the happiest person. It's why the Pharisees hated him. Because he was just real happy. Do you know, one of my most offensive messages that I preach is on joy. I get the most hate mail when I talk about joy. And then I, I, oh, I'll tell you the story just because it's cool. I remember this old man. He came up to me, English, lovely old man. Sure, he's a beautiful soul. And we were in one of those meetings where the presence and the power of God broke out. We had people laughing and rolling and just, it was just glory. I mean, if you can't be happy in church, just go home is what I say. And so the Spirit of God is moving. It's beautiful. And this man comes to me and goes, all this emotionalism. Too much emotion. You know, this, this joy is frivolous and it's emotional. We shouldn't allow this in church. Joy should be deep, not this frivolous. And I said to him, sir, the problem with you is that you think joy is emotion. But according to the Bible, joy is a fruit. And if your joy looks worse than happiness, it's not real joy. I don't care how deep down you say your joy is, if it doesn't move your face, it's not joy. I want to tell you the reason we have so many anemic Christians is because we've not practiced joy. Some of you, God, over the next 24 hours, God's going to baptize you in fresh joy. I think some meetings in South Africa, we have a church group called the Dutch Reformed Church. I think you guys have a similar denomination, kind of like, maybe like a Lutheran, very Reformed. Ain't nobody laughing, church. Serious, fear God, son, fear God. One of those kinds of churches, which I love. I love fearing God. But it's great wisdom and joy to fear God. It's not a scary thing, although God is scary sometimes. And this pastor's wife came in. They don't believe in this stuff. They don't believe in this joy. And uh, she got so filled with the Holy Spirit, she began to fall out, began to laugh and laugh and laugh. This is not in my notes. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but it's fun. And uh, she was so filled with the Spirit. She was obeying the happy command in Ephesians chapter 5, do not get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the happy command in the Bible, the one that is least obeyed, but the happiest one to obey. And she's so filled with the Holy Spirit, they have to drive her home because she's just laughing. I mean, she is the pastor's wife. You don't do this kind of thing. She's getting the pastor is so offended because she is the pastor of the local reformed Dutch, Dutch Reformed Church. We don't do this in our church. We do, we do the unholy trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. <laughs> I love the Bible, but the only one who makes this real to us is the Holy Spirit. Anyway, that one was just thrown in for free. And at about 3 o'clock in the morning, this woman is now finally falling asleep, but she's so giggly all the way through sleep. She turns around and hits her husband's chest, just, just gently. And as she does that, the joy of the Lord hits the Dutch Reformed pastor. He falls out of his bed, and he doesn't believe in it. <laughs> Some of you need a fresh baptism in joy, and we're going to pray for you in a moment, because what we need in these days 
are not grumpy, unhappy Old Testament prophets. We need some happy New Testament prophets. How many of you know the Old Testament prophets looked to the cross and saw the devastation of sin, saw the judgment of sin, saw the pain of sin, and called Israel, you've got to return because I can see what's coming, but I can only see it in a little bit. Little did they know that Jesus would get on the cross to bring an end to judgment so that sin past, present, and future will be cancelled at the cross so that anyone who believes can come in and be free and live in the joy of the Lord. Do you know that the Bible says that when God does the math about sin in the world, that he does not count sin against you? In the Bible. I tell you what, we've got so many people in the church who are moral policemen, standing up for this, that, and the other thing. We mustn't allow this, we mustn't allow that. God's not counting sin. The Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and no longer counting their sin against them. Mm, we need to represent the Father again. We need to represent the Father again. I want to encourage you, the thing about the prophetic is very simple. And I want to encourage you, there's some great books out there that you can get um, written by some amazing people. I want to recommend two very important books. Um, I kind of want to advertise my books, but I'm not going to. You can get them if you want. But the two better books, other than the Bible, is Surprised by the Voice of God and Surprised by the Power of the Spirit by a man called Dr. Jack Deere. I want to encourage you to read that. Here's the thing. God speaks to us in many different ways. Visions, dreams, words, impressions, all of those kinds of things. My sweetest is still his still small voice. And it's simply learning to listen and become aware of his reality that you begin to step out in the prophetic. My three top tips for the prophetic is to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I mean, it's so complicated, isn't it? I love it that there are volumes and volumes of books on the prophetic and every kind of symbol. It is so simple. Just say, hey, Holy Spirit, will you come and speak to me? I do that when I read scripture. Make this come alive. Do you know that the Bible, that the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible? People are like, oh, we, we want to be a, we're a word church. We just like the word. And then there's some crazy charismaniacs, like the church that I grew up in, oh, we're a spirit church. You cannot be spirit without the word, and you cannot be word without the spirit. You do one or the other, you'll crash and burn. Because God is not divided. He wrote the Bible, and he won't do anything contrary to the Bible. Ask Holy Spirit to come and speak to you. Learn the way he speaks to you. Journal. Do a track record with him. Little thoughts, little words. Guys, I honestly, I'm going to do a little example in a moment. I'm going to ask Taylor, what, we need to be done by eight. Oh, gosh, let me wrap up. Sorry, I've been talking a long time. Um, honestly, I, I, I don't have like this voice repeatedly in my head saying, turn left, turn right. The Holy Spirit is not um, a satellite navigator. He's your guide. He partners with you in the process. Learn how to hear from him. Recognize his speaking. 
listen, if you want to know how the devil sounds, think condemnation, guilt, think accusations very easy. It sounds like a lot of prophetic ministry today. Oops. I'll move on quickly. I think maybe I touched something there. Can I? I'm going to go here for a moment. Father, help me. You cannot be anti-abortion unless you're seriously considering adoption. Oh, it went so quiet suddenly. We got all these people who the moral police, anti this, anti that. I am anti-abortion 100%. I'm married to a medical doctor. I understand the dynamics of life and the beauty of life. But I tell you, the church is so known for what they're against that they're not known for what they're for. You cannot be talking about bringing reform to gender issues unless you're willing to get in the mess and the muck of people and to walk with them until they get into wholeness and healing. She's going over like a lead balloon right now. But I, I'm hearing all these prophets who are prophesying judgment, doom, and gloom, which is unbiblical, by the way. Because every judgment that could be judged was taken upon Christ himself. We've got to be a people who prophesy hope and give people an opportunity to reimagine what society could look like if God was on the throne, is on the throne, if God demonstrated himself. What society could look like if heaven touched the earth. That's the kind of prophetic we need. We need the kind of prophetic that infuses hope and life. I'm not talking about not calling people to account. I get all of that stuff. But listen. Oh, Lord. See, this is the thing. I'm just going to go here. Because I've lived in South Africa, and I've seen Christian presidents come and go. Ain't nobody done anything different. Because the kingdom of the God is not connected to the kingdoms of this world. I'm just leaving this out there a little bit. So become aware of God's presence. Learn how to recognize his voice. It's very simple. His voice is kind. His voice is gentle. His voice is often inconvenient. But he'll never push you beyond what you want. And ultimately, if you want to flow in the prophetic, the more you obey the still small voice of God, the greater the clarity and increase in frequency it will come. Only currently on, on my website, um, on my YouTube, there's some great prophetic workshops called Prophecy 101, which will give you some keys on how to hear God's voice. Because um, I haven't done a good job in doing line upon line tonight, partly because it's just so much fun being with you guys. But um, hey, um, Taylor, do you want to just quickly just share some of the one or two things to help you hear God's voice, and then I'm going to prophesy, and we'll see what God does. Yeah, one of the things that helped me a lot was recognizing that a lot of us hear God differently, and we all have our own process in the mix. And so really self-discovery in this area is vital, and it's key. Um, you know, I have friends. They're, they're more coincidental in their approach, they'll, they'll, God will be dealing with them about something, and the next thing you know, they'll start seeing names pop up everywhere 
as they're walking about, similar to like the burning bush situation where they, it was almost coincidental. It just, God snuck it in there. And there's other people who find it in community. They'll be in conversation with each other. And the next thing you know, God will begin to speak while they're in relationship with each other. Uh, for me personally, a lot of the times I'm, uh, and, and to say all this, uh, one of the things that's helped me, there's a quiz actually, you can go on uh, Frequency's website um, and they've done a quiz to help you kind of discover your prophetic personality. For me personally, as I did that quiz, I realized uh, there's one that's adventurous, where usually where they're outside uh, of their normal environment, it's almost like they break away and God has a better opportunity to get in because they're not so integrated into the natural. They're actually externally processing and, and moving out with the Lord. That's, my, that's been my journey there. I also know other people who are internally processors. They well on things. They, it's almost like they're you know, scaffolding something. They're chipping away at something as they internally work with God on it. So there's all these different variations. Uh, but I, like Julian said, it's about inviting the Lord in and then being willing to just simply step out in faith. Is that good? Amazing. Thank you. Um, guys, I, want to, I always want to give people formulas. The problem is that God will not be boxed in because he's more interested in relationships. So I'm going to quickly do a live demonstration of what happens to me when I'm flying in the prophetic. I'm going to ask God for a particular word of knowledge, a bit of information. I mean, you guys have seen this, but I just want to invite you into the moment because of how I do it. I do want to encourage you to some great resources on my website. Um, um, and I'm not saying that... Mo uh, the Lord spoke to us in um, early 2021 to make all of our resources available for free to people, except for two courses um, called Vox Day and Her Voice, which teaches women how to preach. Um, Vox Day means the voice of God. So there's a lot of information that you can go on. There's lots of teaching, all for free. Uh, please go and check it out. Uh, there's lots of YouTube videos. I think it will really bless you and help you and do a little bit better because I've only got limited time right now. Cool? I'm aware that I kind of was a little bit all over the place with my teaching tonight. Forgive me, but I just was having fun, me and Jesus. But, um, so here's what happens. What I'm doing right now is I'm asking God, can you drop a word, a thought, an idea, a picture? Um, how many of you ever put your head on a memory foam pillow? Have you ever done that? And you take it away, you can see the impression of your head. That's sometimes what God does. It's like he little, impresses a little picture. He impresses a little thought. Um, into my head, into my heart. And I go with that. Now listen, the gift of prophecy cannot be a gift until you give it away. And only once you've given away can you weigh the prophetic. Most Christians get into what I call the paralysis of analysis, where we're trying to overcomplicate what God's saying, and we're missing out on the moment of actually the prophetic must be weighed, which tells me biblically that we can get it wrong. And that's okay. It's okay. How I many of you know Jonah's prophetic word didn't come to pass? He prophesied doom and gloom over Nineveh. They repented. God changed his mind. His prophecy was either right or wrong. That one was just for free. But you get what I'm saying. We're allowed to make mistakes. The Old Testament verse around the prophetic is one of the most misquoted. If you get it wrong, you should be stoned because you're a false prophet. No, no. The Bible says those who presume to speak on God's behalf, those prophets you should show. In other words, the sin is presumption, not inaccuracy. And here's the thing. We're children of God. We get to hear God's voice. 
if God didn't speak to me as a father, if I didn't speak to my little boy Ezekiel and girl Evangeline as a father, there'd be something dysfunctional in my relationship with them. And God is not dysfunctional. And even when God hides himself, he does so for you, not from you. Kind of like an Easter egg hunt. I hide my Easter eggs for my kids. And I hide them in places where they can find it. Because I'd be a cruel dad if I hid it in a place they could never find it. And the reason why God does sometimes go silent in us, is not because he's trying to not talk to us. He's not giving us his silent treatment. So he's teaching us how to walk. He's teaching us how to listen. Have you noticed that when you teach your boy or your girl how to walk, you step back in order for them to step Some of you are in a place right now where you're thinking God's not talking to me. It's because he's wanting to teach you to step forward. Come leaning a little bit closer. So I'm, I'm waffling right now because I'm hoping the Lord will drop something into my head because i got nothing right now. <laughs> and so I'm just waiting. Okay, so here's what's happening. So I'm feeling like there's something about this space over here. So now I've got, I'm, honestly, I'm not making this up. I've got nothing right now other than I feel like attracted, if I could put it that way. This is saying some, maybe God wants to speak to somebody in this area over here. And so now I'm just waiting, and you're all looking at me, because if this doesn't work, I mean, it's going to be a, an exercise in how to get it wrong, um, which I'm okay with, because I'm God's favorite. And so are you. Because we're in Christ, the same way that he loves Jesus, the same way he loves us. Man, that should have started a revival right there, but okay, I've got to warm you up a little bit more. It's okay. The same way he loves Jesus is the same way he loves you entirely. That's a good word, hey? Gets me happy. Okay, I feel like there's somebody in this section. I feel like you're in a context to do with um, an intersection between a new job. I think you're thinking about taking a new job. You're in a space where you're trying to transition out of one thing to another. I think you're a gentleman. If I could put up your hand. Does that make sense to somebody? Is that you, sir? <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, I thought it was going to be you. Um, so now listen, right now what I feel is instantaneous relief. I'm like, yes, I got something right. Thank you, Jesus. And that's okay. We're going to celebrate victories. If I got it wrong, I'm going to be like, yes, I got something wrong. Thank you, Jesus. You're teaching me how to hear a bit better. How many of you know that failing in the kingdom is always failing upward? You're on an escalator of grace going up, so even when you fall, you're still going up. Beautiful. God's kingdom is really that good. So what's your name? Oh, sorry, JJ. So, JJ, I feel like the Lord really wants to encourage you. Like, you're such a man of um, integrity and principle. You're a man who, who has everything in a particular line. There's order to the way that you think. Uh, it's, like, I, it's, almost like, it's almost like I can see, like, color coding of your wardrobe. Like, the particular colors of shirts, they all go in the same place. And if you buy a pair of shoes, you maybe buy two or three pairs of the same shoes, because you know it's like, cool, you've got what you need. There is such integrous line-upon-line dynamic in you in terms of the way that you think. You, you're a strategic thinker. You've got incredible strategy in the way that you think. And um, I feel like you've, got, you've hit a particular ceiling in the context of your work situation. And the last year or so, you've been dreaming about your own thing. You've been dreaming about doing some stuff that, it's almost like I can see the schemes and ideas in you, and 
I'm not saying that that's what you're going to be doing, but I feel like it's God's wanting to give you permission to dream. That's the Lord, I think. No. How many of you can sense the tenderness of God right now towards JJ? Can you feel like it's like the atmosphere has changed? JJ, you're my example, so I'm sorry to do this, but here's the thing. This is the moment we want in the prophetic. It's not, you know, all those words of knowledge that just brought right now, they're great. But what's great is that, JJ, you feel really loved by God and known by God right now. That's the aim of the prophetic. If we don't go after love, we are just making a noise. We should shut up and sit down. But JJ, I feel like the Lord is unlocking the dreamer in you. And actually, there's something about God saying, I call you to be a Joseph for this region that you're going to begin to have some ideas, some insights that actually is going to even have some spillover both in terms of business and entrepreneurial ideas, but also into some political dynamics. It's not like you're going to go in as the big raging Christian in politics, but you're going to go in and have ideas that will shape policies, that will shape dynamics in the political arena that will bring about the kingdom of God in this place. And you felt so disqualified in this last season in fact, I feel like there's been this incredible season of um, just, I don't know whether it's tragedy or I just see like the enemy try to bring in like a spirit of death. And God's breaking that off in this season, uh, even around death to dreams. And God's saying, no, this is resurrection moment for you. And that God knows what's in you. I feel like there is an inheritance for you in the land, in this part of the world. I don't know if there was like, some stuff that happened in terms of business that actually there was some kind of injustice, something was taken that shouldn't have been taken, but it's actually rightfully yours. But I feel like God's saying, I'm establishing you in this part. I'm establishing you. I feel like there's even some boundary lines that are going to be given to you in terms of property. And I just feel like the Father wants to say, you've got what it takes. And then he's bringing you into a space. And I feel like this next season of transition in terms of your job and in terms of the things that you're about to step into, God's about to fast-track that. And I see some business people, some people who have either approached you or are about to approach you, and they're talking around some ideas with you. God's about to bring you into another level of favor and destiny for the sake of this region. I see, I don't know why I'm seeing architectural drawings and buildings and uh, even physical buildings. I feel like there's something about you're going to have grace to make some things beautiful in this place. And there's going to be the spillover, not just in the industry that you're in, but even into making spaces beautiful for the sake of the kingdom. And God wants to encourage you. His hand is on you, and he's not forgotten you. And this is your season. That as you transition, as you step out in this next season, you will find favor in the most unusual ways. Um, I don't know if this has happened to you in the last month or so, I see you finding change in unusual places. Okay? Uh, does that make sense to you? Okay. It's because God's getting your attention to say, this is the season of change. So get ready. God's about to bless you. Does that make sense? Come on. Yay, God. Give him some glory. Can I do, can I do a little bit more? Is that cool? In a moment, I'm going to get you all to prophesy. You don't just sit there thinking, it's like everyone's like, pick me, pick me. Um, I'm going to give you the best prophetic word you could ever receive. God loves you with an everlasting love.
and I'm under no pressure to prophesy over anybody now, I want to tell you that the simplest form of prophecy is encouragement. If you develop a culture of encouragement, you will learn how to prophesy. It's Byron, all right? Byron, the Lord is going to do something quite unique with you, and he really loves you in the most incredible way. And I see you, um, it's quite a weird picture, and I, I don't want to, um, yeah, I'll tell you what I see, if that's okay. Um, but I, I almost see you in like a confined space, like a cupboard or something, and it's, you, as a little boy, and you're confined in space, and the fear and the dread that came over you at that moment. Um, and I feel like even now, sometimes confined spaces just cause a racing of your heart, causes fear to come. Uh, I feel like the Lord's about to heal that memory because it began you on a trajectory um, of moments of extreme uh, hurt and betrayal. Um, and I feel like you've had numbers of relationships, numbers of connections that felt like just betrayal after betrayal after betrayal. Um, and the Lord is about to do something quite unique with you because he loves you. And I feel like even when you were being born, I feel like there was hard labor and your life was nearly lost. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if your mother's told you that, but I feel like there was something around even birthing and the process of birth where the enemy tried to steal you even at a young age as a baby. And the Lord says he did not allow it because there's incredible purpose in your life. And it's not about doing something for God, it's about doing something with him. And God is going into your memory bank. Particularly, I see um, a particular situation that plays back in your mind again and again and again. It's like a broken, it's like a, a rewind and a replay, rewind, replay. And you've, you've not been able to ignite. I feel like particularly around about 3 o'clock, it's like, it's like you're suddenly awake and some of these things come rushing back. God's going to begin to reorder your mind. God's about to bring some healing and some deliverance and some breakthrough because you're worth it. You're the reward that Jesus wants. You're his reward. And I feel like the Lord wants to say to you, he's about to um, take you into a season of upgrades, even in terms of education. I feel like God's about to open up a particular door for you in terms of study. And you've been saying, God, do I have the capacity to do that? And I feel like I want to say yes, because he's going to grace you with it. Um, and I just keep, I keep hearing this. Um, and I, I don't know what, I, when's your birthday? I'll, I'll tell you what I'm seeing. So like if I'm wrong, it's okay. I, I just feel like the month of April for some reason it's quite a significant month for your life. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, you can tell me I'm going to be okay with it. Your birthday is September, but does April mean something significant to you? Okay, it's fine. I get that wrong. Um, either way, what I was feeling, guys, it's okay to get it wrong. Some of you are like, really? Yeah, it's okay to get it wrong. But I really felt the Lord wanted to say something about your birthday is important to him. Um, and I feel like there's something of... Um, you know, the Bible talks about John, the apostle, being the beloved of the Lord. I feel like the Lord's saying, you're like a John. You're beloved. And I feel like God's inviting you to come and rest upon the chest of Jesus, as it were. Um, and I just feel like God is reordering some things in your heart. Even physiologically right now, I see some reordering coming. Um, I see God bringing you into space where you're going to step up into all that he's called you to be. Um, 
there's a strong evangelistic grace in you. People, it's like you've got this very disarming thing about you. It's like you walk into a room, people think you're tough, but when you communicate, it's like you disarm them with gentleness in an incredible way. And God's going to use your gentleness to bring about incredible grace. And so, Father, I bless this man right now. I break what the enemy meant for harm. Oh, he loves you. He's so jolly proud of you. You need to know that. Your father is proud of you. Your heavenly father is proud of you. Jesus' name. I feel like there's somebody here. Um, I think your second name is Anne. So your middle name, sorry. Your middle name is Anne. Um, is there someone here with a middle name, Anne? Again, I could be wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. You're getting like all the blessings today, aren't you, ma'am? I think the Lord really wants you to know that he loves you. Um, what I said before is all yours. You can take it. <laughs> I'm checking. Um, I, I just felt like there was something about the Lord saying um, that God wants I, I, The phrase I actually got was Anne of Green Gables. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have that in this country? Anne of Green Gables is a little movie. Um, and I felt the Lord saying, this is the season of rest for Anne of Green Gables. Um, and I just feel like God wants to say, it's going to be a real rest. And that ties into the word I brought you. So I'm just going to leave that there. Um, ah, come on, Lord Jesus. There are three people. You walk into this room with pain in your body. If you get up and move around right now, you'll notice that the pain is gone and that God has already healed you. So just check it out and do something. The reason I say that is not because I need to pray for healing, but because Jehovah Rapha is here, the God who heals. He can't help but heal when his presence is here. So if you came in with pain, check it out. I feel like somebody, particularly with some sciatica on the left side, the Lord is healing that right now. Is that you at the back? Yeah, I thought. On the right side, how's it feeling now? Come on, you got the left side? How's that feeling right now? You'll have to check it out over the next week or we declare complete healing. Come on. Anyone else, you came in with pain? Check it out. And how's the pain doing now? Is it lifted or is it gone? We're going to take a little bit better, so let's just pray some more. What's your name, sir? Tom. Oh, my gosh, Tom, you are just like the man. God has got such... You, you know how to carry people in a fathering way. And the Lord loves it about you. And you fathered people who are not your own. You've been father to them. You called the best out of them. You believe the best. Even people in this community, the Lord really loves it about you, sir. And I feel like the Lord in these days is going to gather people. Are you married? Is your wife here? Wifey, stand next door to your husband. I want to prophesy over you. I'm smelling cupcakes for some reason. <laughs> I just smell these amazing. There is something about the grace of hospitality on you. Like your home, it's like you kind of got an open house and an empty fridge because people come and hang and there's grace and there's freedom and there's hospitality and there's cake and fun. But you kind of sucker punch them with truth in the midst of that. God loves it about you. I believe the Lord is saying, English days, you're going to find yourself surrounded by young married couples. Consistently, they'll just come into your home and say, hey, we just need some time with you. 
with you guys, and you're going to speak truth, and you're going to call our destiny. I feel like the Lord wants you to know that these are your best days. Um, and I feel like there's even some unexpected financial favor coming. Um, and I see you looking at some properties and some things and your portfolios and retirement. You're trying to figure out what needs to go where and how we do the next season. And I feel like I see the Lord saying, just watch and see I'm going to surprise them with unexpected breakthroughs, unexpected returns on things that you didn't even realize. And I, I just, the Lord wants to honor your faithfulness as a couple. Ma'am, you, you just love on people so well. But you're fierce. Like you, you don't take no for an answer. And the Lord loves that about you. You're like this feisty woman. She's like, I'm, I, that's the Lord's. I'm getting that. I don't care what anybody's saying. God's going to do something quite unique with both of you in this season. There's a verse that says that God saves the best wine. We often quote it as for last. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he saves the best wine for now. And this is a now season of wine drinking. That he's going to unlock the blessing of God as you drink from his spirit. So Father, I bless. We declare complete healing right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. God's hand is so on you in the most beautiful way. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Amen. Just, oh, gosh, it's quarter past. I better come in for a landing. Guys, we're going to have some more tomorrow at church. But just one or two more. If that's okay. Is that okay? You guys happy? <laughs> Isn't God so kind? So kind. Um, I feel like there is somebody here in um, in March of 2019. March of 2019. Um, I see you involved in some kind of work accident. Um, I don't know if it's your shoulder or something, but I see uh, you knocking something or something to do with an accident at work, possibly. I believe the Lord wants to bring some healing to you. But you can you quickly put up your hand? Um, just feel like the Lord wants to heal you. and just, I think it was around about March of 2019. I see some kind of injury, maybe to do work. Um, can I pray for you if it's okay? Can you quickly put up your hand? Go in once. Go in twice. Again, I don't mind being wrong. Go in three times. If you come up after, afterwards, I'm going to headbutt you. <laughs> I'm joking. I'll pray for you. Jesus, you're so kind. Hey, this, this lovely couple over here. What are your names? You guys, it's like you have just been through a season of incredible shaking. And um, I just see such incredible, the enemy has just stolen so much from you in this last season. And um, I see even some stuff around financial, particularly, I don't know whether it's debt or whatever, but it's like the enemies try to just come in. And it's not stuff that you plan. It's not, you're not being unwise. It's just like it's been piled on and piled on and piled on. And you guys have got to a place where you felt despair. In fact, ma'am, I feel like there's been a level of depression that you've lived under. And it's like you're functioning. You're still happy. You still do stuff. But deep down, there's like this, and I feel the heart of God for you. 
I just feel like the enemy has so tried to rob and steal. I don't know if you've got children, but I see even children. It's like the enemy is trying to steal. I, I don't know if there's been a miscarriage or something, but I feel like it's almost like the enemy is trying to steal and trying to bring in death. God is breaking that off of you right now. And he loves you so much. And I feel like the limitation, the ceiling that's been over you over this last season, God is going to break off right now. So I, 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 I don't know what you do, but I see your hands working. I see you putting things together. I see like, um, I, for some reason, I'm seeing lots of wiring in my mind and like wires being put together. Uh, what, what do you do for a living? What do you do for work? Okay. Uh, what I'm seeing is I feel like there's something about God upskilling you. In terms of, uh, what I was feeling is like in building context, and I see you working, getting jobs in a particular context that's going to uh, bring some breakthrough, even financially. I feel like there's going to be some upgrades coming for you. Ma'am, I, I feel like the Lord wants to say to you that the season of crushing for you, where you've just felt so deeply crushed, and still you say, God, I don't get it, I don't understand, are you here, but I trust you. God says that has come up as worship to him. And then he's not going to overlook you in the season. And just like Hannah cried out before God as she was waiting for Samuel, so the Lord says the promises you've been waiting for will come. And I feel like not just physical miscarriage, but I feel like opportunities, miscarriage of opportunities, like the opportunities that were taken and you thought it would birth something new for you, God's breaking the spirit of miscarriage over you right now. And you're coming into a new season of incredible grace. So Father, I bless this couple right now. And I say more in Jesus' name. In fact, um, I, I just feel, um, I, I'm probably not allowed to do this, but um, I'm just going to do it anyway. Why don't you come up to me afterwards? Um, why don't you both come up to me afterwards? I want to sow some money into you. I want to encourage you, if you can, to sow some money into these people. I feel like God wants to do something quite unbelievable with you. Um, and I feel like I want, to, I want to be part of giving you some first fruits. Um, not because you, even might not, you might not even need the money. I just want to bless you as first fruits anyway. Um, it would be really great. I want to encourage you as a community. Just go ahead and bless them. Why not? Wouldn't that be fun? Okay, I was going to try and do some activation, but we're sure getting late. But I want you to stand to your feet very quickly. Um, can I encourage you? Seriously, there's so many resources on our website. You, you don't even have to look at my website. There's so many resources around the prophetic by amazing people. Uh, Chris Valentin is a great guy. A friend of mine, Justin Allen, is a great guy. There are numbers of people that I know carry incredible grace uh, to teach on the prophetic. Um, there's loads of things. A guy called Sean Smith. Go ahead and look at their resources. It's amazing stuff. But here's what I want to do. I want to invite Holy Spirit. I felt the Lord say to me that we need to open up Joel's bar. In Joel chapter 2, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And I feel like some of you have been so traumatized by this last season of COVID and difficulty that he wants to unlock some joy for the next. 
Ma'am, the presence of God is on you right now. Just lift up your hands and close your eyes right now. You have a grace to make things beautiful. There it is. Boom, it just hits you right now. The presence and the power of God like a little fireball of love. Right now, in Jesus' name. Mm. I'm not quite sure what you do, but I see beauty industry all over you. And it's like you're going to work into spaces and make things beautiful, whether it's interior design or whether it's actual makeup artistry, I don't know. But there's something about you that's going to start to make some things beautiful. And it's not, it might not even be your main job, it's just going to be for fun. The design and the color that's flying around you is quite incredible right now. More, Lord. Why don't you close your eyes? I know some of you want a prophetic word, and at the end of this meeting, I, I won't be giving any prophetic words privately because I want to be held accountable for my words. And so I give them publicly. I don't do parking lot prophecies. Um, and because I'm submitted to the leadership of this church, um, I believe God wants to restore integrity to the prophetic in an incredible way. And so I'm very careful how I do this stuff. Um, Holy Spirit, come, just close your eyes, just invite him. Joy, begin to break out. Come, Holy Spirit. This lovely lady um, with the pink and stripe, yeah, you, ma'am. I don't know why I'm seeing this, but I feel like the Lord has put this entrepreneurial thing on you. I, I don't know what you do, but I feel like there's some ideas around business and stuff that you're thinking, wouldn't it be cool if I did this? Wouldn't it be cool if I did that? Um, and you, you're dreaming about things, and you're looking at your current circumstances, and you say, I can't get there. I feel like God wants to invite you. If you dream it, I'll provide it. Um, and I feel like there's some stuff, even in terms of the dimensions of your property, and it's like you're saying, God, I just need more space. I need to be able to breathe. I feel like there's some stuff, even in terms of the transition of your household, that you're saying, God, I need a bigger space. God's saying, I'm going to provide and surprise. If you dream it, I'll provide it. And he's inviting you to do that. Um, there's a grace on you to step into the realm of um, entrepreneurial and finance in quite a unique way. And you might not have even studied it. You might not even be in that field right now. But God's going to begin to open up some ideas and provide people who will give you wisdom as to how to step into that. Just close your eyes right now. The Lord wants to... Um, I, I feel like there's something about a balance in your body. The Lord is restoring like a chemical imbalance. Um, God's bringing some equilibrium to your body right now that has just caused your energy levels to be depleted. You've not been able to... Sometimes even waking up is really difficult for you um, because your energy levels are so low. God's about to restore some stuff. Just close your eyes. The power of God is just going to hit you right now. There it goes right on you. Boom! It hits you. <laughs> it's like a little lightning bolt. It's just going to hit you right now. Bam! God, let your joy hit you right now. A joy bomb from heaven. Just go ahead. He will fill you in this season. Mm. Come on, Lord. So come, Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. We're going to activate your senses. 
The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14 that those who are trained in their senses are able to discern between good and evil. In other words, your physical body is meant to recognize the presence of God. You find this throughout Scripture, case and see that the Lord is good. You can hear God's voice. Every part of your physicality is meant to recognize because you are spirit, soul, and body. And so, Father, right now I release your anointing. Oh, the gentleman with, your, with the black glasses on. God has put a leadership call on your life, sir. And you've been trying to avoid it a little bit. <laughs> and God's saying, I've called you. Um, I've called you. I see lots of computer screens around me right now. Um, and I see God giving you the ability, almost like a programmer, to make things work faster. God's giving you grace to do that, even at an organizational level that you're able to see where the holes are and be able to plug them in in order to be able to make things work better, to make things... God's hand is on you, and I feel like there's leadership both in the church and in market spaces that the Lord wants to release your call. Are you involved in youth ministry or anything like that? Are you the youth pastor? I'm not prophesying anything, but I'm just saying God wants to give you an incredible anointing for kind of 17-year-olds right through to early 20s. Um, that there's going to be a grace on you to see significant breakthrough, that the, even the transient nature of young adults in this region are going to find home, and you're going to start to see some breakthroughs in that area. Jesus, we love you. I really See, I'm, I'm a proper preacher. I never tell the truth about when I'm going to end. Father, we love your presence when you come right now. Guys, I want to encourage you. I'm not saying this for effect. I feel like the Lord's giving me a particular message for this church tomorrow. I believe there's going to be an incredible outpouring of the Spirit. Um, I'm not saying that for effect, but I feel like God's going to do some significant things. So come, Holy Spirit, would you release your presence right now upon people? Would you unlock favor right now? If you sense the presence of God on you physically, just quickly come out to the front. I want to bless what God's doing. If you sense his presence, you can sense his peace. You, you sense a sense of tingling or whatever it is. What I've learned is to bless what God is doing, and then he increases it. Gratitude is always the context for multiplication. When we thank God for what he is doing, he multiplies. Jesus, thank God for some bread and some fish, and I multiply. Just quickly, come and stand right up front. Come, Holy Spirit, more right now. Hey, just lift up your hand. Somebody just get behind her. The power of God is just going to hit her right now. Poof, have it. More right now. More right now. If you can't laugh in church, we should all just go home. I always love how offended people get with joy. You're not going to like heaven if you don't like joy. Man, the presence of God is coming upon you right now. Just receive. And so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to do what's called an impartation. That just simply means I'm going to ask God that what I've got in fruit form, you'll receive in seed form so you can grow your own prophetic gift. I cannot give you my history with God because that's yours to develop with him yourself. But what I can give you is everything that he's given me for free. And I want to do that. My best moment to become your starting point. You're just the joy bringer. You're the, you're the partier, aren't you? You're like, you know how to throw a party. That's who you are. And God is going to use you like a little joy bomb. 
Then people are so sour and unhappy. You get into that atmosphere, you're going to shift it all around and the presence of God is going to come. You have got a breaker anointing around even depression and you're just, ooh, just go ahead and take some more right now in Jesus' name. So, Father, we thank you that you, yeah, we love your presence. And I ask you for more right now. God, I'm asking you, forgive us for being baptized in lemon juice. Would you baptize us in the Holy Spirit afresh? Would you cause us to be filled afresh? Would you cause us to begin to move in realms of the prophetic? Somebody just stand behind this lady over here. The power of God is on you right now. There it goes, right through you. Boom, in Jesus' name. That's it. Go ahead. <laughs> there it is. Woo! Somebody's getting healed of tinnitus in your ear. You've got ringing in your ear. Who's the person who's got the ringing in the ear? Right now, in Jesus' name, be healed. In Jesus' name. There's another person right now. You've had some kind of condition to do with um, your nasal passages. It's such a weird word, but I'm going to go with it. Is that you too? You might as well get an overhaul right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. There it is. Right now, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> we speak fresh healing right now in Jesus' name. Right over her right now in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. The gentleman right at the back with the Holy Ghost on, lift up your hands. The power of God's about to hit you right now. In Jesus' name, be filled right now. Fresh anointing. God, I thank you that you get in this church ready for an outpouring of the Spirit that is going to shake this region. I prophesy that there is a shift that is happening right now in Jesus' name. I declare that the ceiling of limitation that is being over this region around a particular number in terms of salvation, in terms of church attendance, right now is broken in Jesus' name. And I declare that there is a wave of the presence and the power of God about to hit this region in Jesus' name. This is not a far-off thing. This is a now thing. And God, I'm asking you for signs in this next season. Signs in this next season. Come, Holy Spirit, release your presence right now. More right now in Jesus' name. More right now. I believe as a sign to you of God doing something quite significant. In the next three months, there's going to be an announcement in the paper around a particular development project, or there might have just been one, around a developmental project um, to do with um, like a shopping mall or something. There's going to be something about to open up that's going to surprise the, even the economics. Yeah, I feel like possibly within the next three to six months, if I get this wrong, I will zoom in and apologize to you, okay? I'm happy to do that because I can't get things wrong. But I feel in this next three to six months, something's going to be announced around Owensboro. And I keep seeing a movie house for some reason. I don't even know if you guys have one, but I see something being developed around a significant-sized movie house, and everyone's going to be like, oh, my gosh, it's movies. But actually, it's going to be signed to you that God is about to put on display his goodness. And to get ready, something's about to shift. I feel like you'll see something in the, in, in the news here. Next three to six months, something significant around building and even a movie house. And that's going to be very significant. When that happens, you're to lean into the presence and the power of God and expect many more salvations.
So, Father, I release an impartation for people to prophesy, to move in the anointing. Come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> you guys are going to redeem the anointing to be a happy, clappy church. And what's going to mark you is joy. Can I ask you to do me a favor? I, I don't know if you've noticed Jesus has been with us. He's been glorified. Can we lift up a shout of praise?